President's Day weekend? Is it both? Legally, President's Day weekend. But <laughs> we're not doing anything <laughs> president themed. That would have been a good idea. Mm. We'll be regretting this podcast. <laughs> but, anyways, we're talking about our top 10 power ballads uh, because power ballads are usually passionate and about love. Usually. It's so romantic. Sometimes so they're tender. about stairways to nether realms or other weird things but so how Colin how would you define a power ballad it's kind of tricky yeah I told you it's my definition it's just a ballad but it rocks gotta have that rocking part you know it usually starts off slow maybe you got some piano in there maybe some acoustic guitar but then then at one point there's what they refer to in dubstep as the heavy drop, where it just goes from zero to sixty in an instant, and just the electric guitars come in, the giant drum fills, and like the anthemic chorus, and you're just like, yeah, yeah. I definitely think of it as like the lighter song in the set, but then it, you know, there's that People one are... part where your lighter just goes ablaze. <laughs> oh, like a smoking lighter. I thought you meant you like, like drink a bunch of whiskey and then you blow on your lighter and it's like. <laughs> never see that happen, but I see that's what happens when a power ballad gets intense. That's some very reckless behavior. Uh, most of our power ballads are from the '80s, but we tried to like think of some '70s ones a couple too. Couple '70s, also a couple '90s ones that kind of feel like they should be in the '80s. Yeah, so we'll get into that first. We have Alone. Heart. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I like to I like to give a shout out to Hart. So you just you just want to represent? It's like the a rep- Seattle yeah. sound. And the this ladies. is the Seattle sound, right? Get, get the ladies <laughs> out there. 
What? When was this? Like 1988 or something? Or early, early 80s? Early 80s. I don't know. The only problem is like, it's like I feel like once it turned from the 70s to the 80s, basically every heart song was a power ballad like this. So it kind of melds into one with some of their other ones, which I can't even recall offhand, but I feel like there's quite a few of them. Like, they went pretty heavy into the air metal. That's so realm. weird. You think Which of... is weird, because they were, they were kind of a badass hard rock group in the 70s. They're like female Led Zeppelin, sort of. Yeah. This is like Nelson. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> This yeah. was one I was not familiar with until it was put on this list, and now I'm like, I remember why. It's like, oh, yeah. This is definitely falls under the category, I've talked about this on another podcast, of songs I hear at the dentist. <laughs> like, lame contemporary adult song. Like, this is like hair metal that somebody in like, their 40s could enjoy. <laughs> it's not like for the younger crowd. Maybe what it was back then. I guess. They're just people grow with the music. Ladies of Heart. <laughs> Zing! I'm so sorry. They're wonderful musicians. There's <laughs> <laughs> only one of them got kind of fat. Yeah. Just the other one married Cameron Crowe. Cameron yeah. Crowe is a love. That's not what the song's about. It's not about being alone. It's about getting it on. Okay. <laughs> Why is it called alone? It's like, how do I get you? Oh, how do I get you? <laughs> okay, yeah. glad there's some clarification there. Moving on to one of the greatest bands of the 80s, one of the greatest bands of all time, Sticks, Come Sail Away. Actually like sticks? Oh no no! I, I can think of one person who likes sticks uh, from junior high and high school. Harrison Paul brings sticks greatest hits to school. This is like their biggest song too. Mm-hmm. Uh, little known fact: Matt actually has the chorus of this tattooed on his back. <laughs> Matt Matt Carsten, sorry, our co-host. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> How can I forget? He, he wasn't here to. Uh, this week he's, he's buried alive at work um, but yeah I'm sure we want to talk a lot about how he loves this song passionately and uh, how he wishes he could just hear this every day for the rest of his life but no other music ever again but he's not here so I, I, I said it for him what were they sailing away to? I know it's an open course of the virgins <laughs> what is it? what does that mean? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Are they sailing to the river of sticks? Like, and then they're at one part of this thing about like angels flying above them. Like, <laughs> it definitely Is creates it like, like a dying in your sleep. <laughs> it could be. This song could be about death. Comes in. Or like in remember in Lord of the Rings, how at the end they they go to like Elf Island, and that's like their heaven. Maybe it's like that. 
is where hair metal musicians go. I wouldn't be surprised if Styx was influenced by Lord of the Rings. This is definitely my least favorite Styx song though, though, too. Really? It's so cheesy. What? I guess, like, I have no problem with the come, Santa. I am all about that part. But I'm still kind of iffy on the... I'm staying. Yeah, that's the thing. It's pretty cheesy, but I feel like it's like worth it. It's worth it. It's cheesy is the right word. I think bad is the word. Bad, <laughs> perhaps. But I kind of like it just because it like sets you up for the part that rocks so well. Like you enjoy that part that rocks like even more because you had to sit through two minutes of cheesy power. It does take a long time to get there. <laughs> That's by the time you're like, all right, I I am so thankful that this part exists. And that's what I'm looking for in Power Ballad. This shit part that's followed by the awesome <laughs> part. That's kind of yeah. That's it's kind of an interesting way to look at it. Like it's got the big payoff that makes it all like all that shitty stuff. <laughs> it's worth it. All right, but is "Don't Know What You Got Till It's Gone" by Cinderella worth it? Let's find out. Spoiler: No. <laughs> I can't tell you, baby, what went wrong. I can't make you feel what you felt so long ago. You know, we put some of the funny ones, funny hair metal uh, songs from the 80s. This was my pick. I don't think, I don't know if any of this song is good. It's like sort of memorable, but the guy sings it in like the stupidest possible <laughs> way. The worst I can't believe that there was a time in music history when this was an acceptable tone of voice to sing. <laughs> I can't remember how the rest goes. I remember the beginning, it's like, I can't tell you, baby, what went wrong. Yeah, so you had a piano. <laughs> yeah. And Cinderella's shtick was that they're like the most effeminate of all the hair metal bits. I mean, they're called Cinderella, and they all look like women. And so their music is romantic. <laughs> I guess. Uh, okay. <laughs> sure. Romantic question mark? <laughs> yeah. That's I don't think we have much to say about this. It's just... It's kind of funny. That's it's really funny. <laughs> like, it's too bad that we're, we're not actually listening to the music right now. Because if we had played the song, I would probably would have burst out laughing. Because I usually do every time <laughs> I hear it start singing a new song. It's probably going to be contention for, like, the worst songs that got put on this list, but... Yeah. I wonder, though, if it had been done by some, like, competent band in a different way, would it be, like, an okay song? I think it'd be, like, a passable song. It'd be passable, kind of <laughs> run-of-the-mill power ballad, but there, there's something there. It could work. I mean, there was some effort put in. Yeah. They just destroyed it when they took it into the studio. Just like I'm sure they destroyed every song they ever did because they're Cinderella. Everyone makes mistakes. Every rose has its thorn. Poison. We both 
Sean, you put this on here? Did I? Um, I can't remember. <laughs> Somebody put it on here. Well, this one's a classic. I feel like you gotta have it as part of the conversation. Because this is one of the big ones. When when was this? Like, this is late 80s, maybe? I feel like, yeah. Brett Michaels in the video is like strong on his acoustic guitar. Like, he wrote this one. like naked in parts of the video. Oh, he was? Well, oh, there's a part where he's laying in bed and he's just got... Like just a sheet over his manhood. In part of his life. <laughs> his manhood. And otherwise, he's basically dick. He's like, I'm so sensitive. Every sure rose has fine. its thorn. I guess that's kind of a cool thing. It's not cool, but it's like... At least they're trying. They're trying. They're trying to use better But then the next line, but in every cowboy, or whatever. Yeah, like that sweet, sweet song. Yeah. That's pretty dumb. Cowboys. Pretty dumb. There weren't cowboys in the video, were there? I think Brett Michaels is wearing a cowboy. Oh yeah, he always wears like something to cover his head. I've heard like <laughs> rumors. I was gonna say theories, rumors <laughs> that he's like secretly bald. That's why he never takes off. That's why he's always wearing either a hat or like a do rag. Like that hair, that blonde hair that's coming out is fake. I like how you call it a do rag. What even rag? Bandana. I was draw. I, you know, mine's drawing a blank. <laughs> You don't see a lot of people around here wearing those kind of things, you know? It's like a biker thing. Yeah. I hate Remember so much. It just seems like such a douche. Yeah, that's why I... The rock of love show. I didn't feel like putting this song on here. I had to wait for someone else to just go, yeah, he's such a douchebag. And it kind of like shines through in the music a little bit. Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. It probably doesn't. I'm just pretending it does as an excuse. So like, oh, well, that's why it sucks. It's for my <laughs> I think it's kind of interesting to do, like, glam metal country music, almost. At least with this song. <laughs> At least he didn't sing it like, Every has its power! At least he sang it like a normal, like a human should. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I'd say that they gave, like, a competent stab it's, at this. I think it's, a, it's pretty close to being a, a good song. Yeah, it's, it's just level. you kind of maybe have to be reserved about it because it's Poison and all their other songs are big and loud and dumb, but kind of catchy, I guess. It's got Cowboys. It's got Cowboys. That's the plus. You will remember it forever. Forever. Kiss. I gotta tell you what I'm feeling inside. I could lie to myself for you. There's no denying when I look in your eyes Girl, I'm out of my head over you Of course, Forever Kiss, co-written by Michael Bolton <laughs> One of the greatest hard rock musicians of all time I wonder how that happened Well, I guess this is this is like early 90s Kiss It's like 1991, so yeah. they're not relevant like we need a hit. They haven't been relevant in over a decade. <laughs> like we need to bring point. in the hit maker of the time, and I guess that would have been like Michael Bolton. So this is, this pretty is the cute. no makeup era. This is no makeup era. Oh. Yeah, the video, <laughs> the video is pretty lame. They're all well, they're all sitting down. Yeah, they're not even trying to rock anymore. Let's take it easy. What's weird is even though Kiss has gone back into like the makeup era, they still play this song and like pretend like it rocks. <laughs> Like, this is the song that makes all the chicks get hot! You know? And they'll perform with, like, an orchestra all wearing Kiss makeup. Yeah. Like, 
I feel like this. They they should act like they're embarrassed by this song, but they're still like, no, this song's awesome. Like, no regrets, man. Because this know. is a huge hit for them. They're kids. I don't think they have a ton of shame. <laughs> no, they gotta support everything they do. Yeah, they gotta, su- they gotta support the Kiss coffin and the condoms. Yeah, you know, condom. If you're if you're a band that just sells out all the time, you, you know, you gotta live up to all of it. Like, yeah, whatever. We kiss. We're awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's totally. It's, it's kind of strange to me. I feel like did it take a while for people to realize that it was co-written by Michael Bolton? I think that was something that was like kind of secret. Like they didn't know about <laughs> it. But you listen to the song, it sounds exactly like Michael Bolton. Like it could have been a Michael Bolton song. Forever! <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they, they rocked it. It was on Kiss Alive 3. That means anything to anyone. Uh, it's something to kiss. <laughs> I'm sure. It was their first hit in 10 years. Huh? Since like probably something like look it up. Since, since I was made for loving you, that was 30, seriously that was wow. <laughs> that was like 1980. That album came out in 79. Yeah. It was the first on on the Billboard Hot 100 since yeah 1979. This was 1990. Yeah, that's terrible. Dynasty. They should have just gone away. Don't to keep going. They had to make more money. I, I guess is is the Kiss legacy more fun that they continue and like keep selling out and keep getting more terrible, or would it be better if they had just gone away in the eighties? Well, of course, that would have been better. It would have been better, but I don't know. It's it definitely seems true to the Kiss legacy that they kept going on and trying to push more and more reunion concerts and trying to make as much money as possible. Because even back then in the 70s, it's not like people thought Kiss were a group with a ton of integrity. They weren't like, dude, Kiss. They're like the next Rolling Stones, basically. On a side note, I always like hearing about when they were recording 1979 on Dynasty or whatever it was. Or I can't remember what it's called. The it's one with Dynasty. Isaac, it's yeah. Dynasty. Just hearing about how even though Ace Freely was like legally still a member of the band, he wasn't like playing on any of the songs because he's like too drunk. <laughs> it's like he like thought he was on the songs and he like wasn't. He got like studio musicians to play all his parts. Like he's on the album cover, but I don't think he plays on the album at all. I just imagine being drunk like 24 7. It's like, oh, we gotta throw Ace in the band, we gotta get to this gig, and they just like kind of. Like, toss him on the stage, like, what are we doing, guys? He's like, play guitar! The oh, fact man. that you can be so drunk, you're not even playing in the band anymore, but you're still, like, on all the merchandise and everything, just because you signed some contract. It's so weird it's that the that's the way. music That's the music business. That's the KISS business. It's the American way. That's living free. Living free? Like a bird. Free bird. Leonard Skinner. You know, may you may know Leonard Skinner from the Mike Huckabee show. 
where they're there's a show right now still does so. yeah he, well you know Mike Huckabee's thing is that like he can play bass so yeah. whenever he has like Republican bands on he always has to like shame them it's just so late this like fat guy with the bass <sighs> play with like that's what makes me so sad about Mike Huckabee was he like lost all that weight and ran for president and then he put all the weight back on <laughs> he's still rocking it though <laughs> it makes me sad when I see him poor guy he did so well He's still rocking to Freebird. He's what Jared could have been. Jared from Subway, not Jared the, the jewelry store. Oh, thanks for the clarification, Dave. <laughs> this is like the epitome of shitty part and then sweet part. Okay. I don't know. Both are too long. I don't know that it's shitty. What I find strange is how this is like the like song you have to yell out at a concert. I feel like even Colin, when we were playing a band, I heard it once or twice. Freebird! Why do you think people yell that out? Do they just like the title? I guess. It's just fun. Like if it was like, if this bird cannot change or something, like what people wouldn't yell that out. They just like yelling out, free bird! I, I mean, I don't think the um, acoustic part is that bad. With the slide guitar? like It's kind of cool. I just feel like it's so drawn out. It is. Every, it takes like five every minutes. Every part of it takes at least a minute. This song could be like six minutes, not nine or yeah. eight or however many it is. It, they could cut like two, three minutes. But there's like a lot of sweet, sweet guitar, guitar rocking going on. So I can remember, see if I can remember. Gary Rossington and Alan Collins are rocking the shit out of it. Alan Collins is doing sweet, like, however long that guitar is going to last, it lasts a really long time, but it's like... It's pretty great. And I like the slide guitar. Like, that's what I like about the earlier part. Yeah. But this song definitely is... Like, I wasn't sure, like, is this a power ballad? But then I'm like, no, I mean, it's pretty cheesy. It's got, like, the slow part, and it's got the rocking part. And it's a lighter song. I think that's the formula. It's just the thing is, like, it's so popular. It's like, oh, I don't know. Put on this. It's a popular free bird. But... It's not really about, like, No, it's about, like, being free. <laughs> As like a bird, I you know I don't look to Leonard Skinner for really introspective lyrics or anything. Or just, I feel like it should be about love or love in. I mean, it it certainly helps, but I don't think it has to be. But I mean, it's free bird, so it's got a shot. It's got a shot. Not Spread its wings. It. Yeah, I don't think anybody's got <laughs> excited. It's one that we've heard so many times. Again and again and again. Here I go again. White Snake. I feel about White Snake, kind of. (laughs) I don't even know how to feel about White Snake. <laughs> it's a pretty stereotypical macho hair metal yeah. band. I feel like the thing, though, is that David Coverdale, though, is, like, better than your average, like, hair metal singer. Because he got to go on and play with, you know, Jimmy Page and stuff. They yeah. did that album. Basically, you poor man's Robert Plant. <laughs> so that's something. He even kind of looks like Robert yeah, Plant. Yeah, he really seems like he's trying to be Robert Plant. <laughs> But he's in White Snake. He's in White Snake. Now, my, uh, the thing about Here I Go Again is I'm all about the Here I Go Again. 
<laughs> the soft part of the song, I don't know. It's pretty whippy. It's not even got piano, it's just got straight up synthesizers. Synth is like the most unrock you can get. I mean, I, it, it depends on how it's used, but. Oh, that's weird. I guess one thing I know about this song is this was, I think, the third time they recorded this song. I don't know why it took them three times to make it into a hit. But the biggest difference on this particular version is they changed the lyric from Like a Hobo, I Was Born to Walk Alone to Like a Drifter, I Was Born to Walk Alone because they thought hobo would sound like hobo. <laughs> Uh, like a hobo, that was fun. Like, like that just speaks to the hypocrisy of hair metal. It's like we're totally gonna wear our hair super long, wear tons of makeup, be dancing around the stage all effeminate. But dude, no hobo, no hobo, man. It's like, come on. Maybe they're being really supportive of the homosexual community, and they're saying, you know, at a time when there's a lot of prejudice. They don't want to put the message out there that gay people have to walk alone, whatever that means. They can stand together. They can stand as together. One. Hell yeah. We are strong. It's an interesting point. I'm, I'm reading about how like the early version was like more blues rock. <laughs> I wonder if I exist. I don't know if that would be better. <laughs> it probably has less synthesizer. I just hope it doesn't have like honky tonk piano. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even like imagine that. Uh, it's Hard to imagine. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think the dynamic between the verse, again, and the chorus makes that chorus so much more rocking. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's one we all know is stupid, but at the same time, you kind of get stuck in your head a little bit. You got, you're humming it. It's pretty catchy. I don't know all of these <laughs> I don't think all of them are stupid. I didn't think Freebird was that stupid, but obviously, I'm kind of a lot. <laughs> I mean, I think some of them are good songs. Hopefully, we'll get into that a little more, a little later. Maybe this next song will not be lame. <laughs> <It's>... Unlikely. <laughs> Thanks for your support. Home sweet home, Motley Crew. Right, this song is lame. Now, what I was talking about before we did the podcast, I feel like this was the hair metal ballad that made all the other hair metal bands like, well, we gotta do one now. I, I feel like I heard that somewhere. It like started the trend of, well, now every hair metal band has to do their ballad. I wonder if this came out and then White Snake was like, dude, <laughs> we gotta get on this, man. Look at these. We gotta ho- turn that stupid blues song into a power ballad. <laughs> Look at these uh, homos are doing. My <laughs> <laughs> crew is very into the whole. Well, every single hair metal band is into the looking like women stuff, but they're like, they look like tribal warrior women. Yeah. They beat you up. Yeah, and it sounds like no homo going on yeah. there. It's weird that this this, this 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 uh, big ballad came from Motley Crue, because it seems like so much more poignant than the other kind of songs they do, like, Dance, kill 
like, I feel like they were like one of the most immature <laughs> metal bands. They were just reckless. They were just drinking up bottles of whiskey for, for breakfast and then sleeping with ten women <laughs> over the course of the day. It's just rock and roll <laughs> excess at its absolute worst. And then to go to this song, which I think is kind of poignant and meaningful in a hair metal kind it of way. It kind of is. I mean, especially when it's set to the video where you kind of feel this aching sort of tired quality being on the road doing all this bad shit that's just rock and roll man sometimes sometimes you hurt inside I wonder who what, wrote what it. is the music video? it's it, basically just a bunch of concert footage but it's also them on like the tour bus and backstage and it's not that great of a video but right, they, all, they all pretty much pitched in I feel like Nikki Six was like the creative force, the bass player. Was he? I feel like I've heard that. Nikki Six, who's died like three times. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's always being brought back to life. He's been like legally dead twice. <laughs> is he a cat or a zombie? <sighs> I'm checking Wikipedia, but I'm having trouble finding out about either. How can you die and come back? Well, it's like they, like, Paramax pronounced him dead, and then, like, somehow he comes back. I, what did the Paramax, like, oh, he's dead, they, like, walk away, and then he just, like, gets up later? <laughs> they're, like, you know, hair metal paramedics, so they're, they're not as good. They get a call, and they say, I'm on my way. I'm on my way! Nikki Six is not his real name. What? <laughs> it's Frank Carlton Serafino Ferrana Jr. That's way more metal. It's pretty Italian. I just know he got to start like in Seattle. No, oh, yeah, yeah. That's what good hair metal bass players do. <laughs> exactly. It's like Duff McKagan. Totes McGuns. The guy from Queensrÿche, I assume. <laughs> They're from Seattle. Yeah. What's their hair metal? It's like silent. Silent. <laughs> I don't remember the rest of that song. Pretty sure it sucks. You guys know way too much about this culture. I know. It's weird. I blame VH1. Yeah. Right? We watched a lot of VH1 when we were in high school. And this was before they went to the whole reality TV era of VH1, where they're basically just making shows about 80s music. And they did, like, a lot of, like, lists, like, hard rock, greatest hard rock songs, and then greatest hard rock moments, but they're all about, like, their metal Yeah, bands. I remember there's also 100 most metal moments, 100 least metal moments. <laughs> they're all hosted by, like, Mark McGrath. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> At least you're learning something. Yeah. Each one used to teach you things. It taught you music it's, history. It taught you meaningless hair metal facts, but that's something. Yeah. Yeah, I really wish Nancy's here because he's got like the Monster Ballads he's, collection. He would have had quite a bit of it. Yeah, he's I like an expert. Rest so, in peace. <laughs> this one goes out. Yeah, he's dead, right? Buried alive. I'm sorry that we missed his <laughs> passing. Oh, I failed the transition there. But the next song I don't want to miss a thing from Aerosmith.
sources for the Armageddon, Armageddon Armageddon soundtrack is what this was I guess written and recorded for and that's pretty apt I mean this song's basically a giant dumb loud blockbuster of a song it's got a 30 second orchestral intro which doesn't need to be an Aerosmith song but you know why not Tyler's a memory, right? That's why. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's probably why Aerosmith. He's like, oh, come on, man. He sucks. <laughs> this movie sucks. Everybody's <laughs> <laughs> like, I like the way. It's just weird for, like, a sci-fi action movie that you have to have this ballad as your theme. Though I guess they do that a lot. Like, all the Spider-Man movies had themes. Those are never actually in the movie, they like the end credits, yeah. I can't remember what, if I don't want to miss a thing was in the movie or if it was like the end credits. I feel like it was a big hit for Aerosmith, though. People were mad at it. Yeah. For some reason. Sure. I don't know, I've never really liked Aerosmith. <laughs> They're one band that I've never been able to get into. For some reason, I just really hate Steven Tyler. I don't know if it's his voice or what. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah. There are Aerosmith songs. Like, there are no, I do. I like, like two Aerosmith the early <laughs> era. I haven't listened to it in a while, but from my recollection, Rocks by Aerosmith is a pretty badass album. But that's the thing. They were a band that was good for maybe five years of their existence, but then they just kept going and going. They got popular again. Yeah. They had like a lot of power ballads in the 90s. They had like, crazy, crazy. They had another one, I feel like, with a really similar melody and or title. What was that? I gotta find out now. Is there, is there one that's like, crying? Crying! I was crying! Oh, I guess it's like, it's like... Yeah. Ugh, I don't like any of those. No, I can't, I can't exactly say I like this one. I just—it's nice to get one that's not for me. I get some kind <laughs> of weird thrill out of it. So if I was gonna put an Aerosmith song on the list, it would be Dream Ball. Does that count? I mean, I guess it does. I feel like it's too good. Dream Ball is twelve thousand percent better than this song. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not gonna argue with that. Dream on's kind of a power I was thinking about that, but I was like, I don't want to have to talk about Aerosmith more than once. I don't know. That's that's tricky. I don't know how to approach that. I am pretty sick of Dream on because there's a radio station in Ellensburg that plays it every other song. The Quake. He's got to play Dream on. Boston and Dream on. <laughs> it's basically Boston, Dream on, and rock and roll night party every day. Every minute. Oh, uh, no, let's just let's disqualify Dream On. Too good. Too good. <laughs> but is this next song too good? I would do anything for love. Meatloaf. song hell long it's pretty long it's like that song. sweet like phantom of the opera beauty and the beast-esque music video right this is the one with the monster video, yeah right? 
He's like a monster. Interesting to know. Directed by Michael Bay. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that. He's I can't. Well, he's a monster, right? And there's like yeah, the he's, he's a hideous monster thing. He's driving a motorcycle. Yeah, no makeup on him. This is from like this is like early nineties. Early nineties. I don't think a meatloaf had had really any success since a bat out of hell, the original from the late seventies. Which maybe has songs on it that you could say are power balance. I don't know. They're definitely in that. Sort They're of, like operatic in a way. Operatic. Meatloaf is always kind of power ballad. Yeah, he's always kind of this big romantic lug. He's always singing that. He's misunderstood. Uh, I don't know. I think this is the one that works best as a power ballad. It's kind of slow. 12 parts. minutes long. 12 minutes? <laughs> yeah. I feel like the video is how long. I don't know if they did the whole 12 minutes. I don't but... think so. I think I have a shorter version. It's maybe... Version, I was this the first time since Bad of Hell that he recorded with uh, Jim Steinman? You know, the guy who wrote all the music for Bad Out of Hell? Yeah. Like, I think that was the, the thing. Like, he came back. I can believe it. Maybe they did, like, a couple, like, a, a few songs or something after Bad Out of Hell, but this was, like, the big comeback. Bad of Hell 2, yeah, back I, into hell. I don't know what the hell Beatluff did in the 80s. <laughs> what was going on there? Oh. His acting career hadn't taken off yet. He no, he was doing some, like, really shitty, like, A movies, was probably. Doing, like, B movies? Yeah, like, something about a Yeti, or a catch a Yeti. He's like a Yeti hunter. It's like a kid's movie. <laughs> what the Now I gotta know what that movie's called. <laughs> See, like, clips from it. It's got this really shitty, like, Yeti puppet, and he's gotta catch it. That could have been the early 90s, though. Mm. <sighs> To catch a yeti. No, it's ninety-three. To catch a yeti. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so no, he wasn't doing that many movies in the eighties. I don't know what happened to Meatloaf. He did like two movies, two or three movies in the eighties. The two of them don't have Wikipedia. <laughs> Maybe he was doing music. Who knows? He's, but he, he came back care. with this one. He gave it his all. I feel like it's a pretty huge <laughs> hit. The album and the song, which. You know, good, good for Meatloaf. I feel like, I know Meatloaf is theatrical, but I feel like this one is like a little too, too theatrical. <laughs> <laughs> With like a thousand piece orchestra. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's one thing that I like about this is like the memes that it's created on the internet like in, in like recent years, how these like charts like things Meatloaf would do for love <laughs> and it's like anything and, like but that, you know. Like, well, what do you gotta do for love? <laughs> what is it? What is he talking about? Isn't it in the song? Doesn't he say? Does he? I feel like he does. You're gonna have to listen to the song to find out the secret of what he's gonna do. Seem like it. Oh, if, he, if he is, it's very subtle and hard to pick up on. Let me ask you. Well, maybe question. it's like in the 12 minute version. You can't make it to the end. Perhaps maybe he explains it. <laughs> it's like flashback of sorts. What are your guys' love conditions? Love conditions. Yeah. You would do anything for love, except. Well, I'm not going to murder someone. Yeah. Well, I'm maybe. <laughs> it depends. Would you... You have to give me a scenario. Okay. Uh, you're Han Solo. Would you murder Darth Vader, Princess Leia? Well, he's a bad guy, so yeah, I guess I would. So There's Han, certain situations. He's a bad guy? You took a pretty fantastical <laughs> scenario. 
sci-fi, but yeah, I guess I guess there's I'd do that. You would you would kill for love. I'd kill for love in space. In space. In the past. Space in the past. <laughs> what would I not do for love? I don't know. I'm tr- I'm trying to decipher these lyrics. I'm not finding anything. I don't know. What? No. It's it's a mystery. What about you, Colin? Anything you wouldn't do for love? Uh, give up cheeseburgers? <laughs> <laughs> Just cheeseburgers, or any sandwich in general? Like if they well, said I would, I no would, more Rubens. I wouldn't do either. Really? You wouldn't give up any type of sandwich at all? What about hot dogs? Would you give up hot okay, dogs for love? I, I thought you just meant you wouldn't give up all sandwiches. If we're talking about specific sandwiches, I'd probably give up Rubens for love. I I'm not that big on Rubens. What about, what They're about, good every once in a while. What about a simple one, like a PB&J? I could live without PB&J. What about I'm club? not a little kid anymore. Club sandwich. Club sandwich? Would you give up a club sandwich for love? It's got bacon. It's got three pieces of bread. Good turkey. I, I don't even know if I've ever had a club sandwich, to be honest. So, yeah, I'd give up club sandwich. Not cheeseburgers. I don't think you've known love if you haven't tried a club sandwich yet. <laughs> you, th- you think that's it? <laughs> Not give up. Okay. Cheeseburgers. Cheeseburgers and loneliness are a dangerous combination. Leave you hurting, but love hurts too. Love hurts is our next song by Nazareth. Jesus! Sweet band. First, this song is a cover. I know the Everly Brothers did a version. I don't know if they wrote it. I feel like there may be even another version. I don't know. Secret version. Secret version. <laughs> but they had to, like, to get rid of it because they talk about hobos. Because <laughs> <laughs> Everly Brothers version is typical, like, just slow, Everly Brothers style. But then Nazareth got a hold of it in the 70s. And this guy really sounds like he's hurting. He gives it his all, almost to a ridiculous amount. It is borderline. It's like, is this a good singing choice? But I kind of like that he's giving it all. Yeah, it works for a song called "Love Hurts." Definitely works for commercials. Yeah, I, I think the first time I heard "Love Hurts" was in like an SNL commercial for cookie dough. It's like a parody of yeah. a Gatorade commercial. They yeah. use the song. They're like drinking cookie dough. Yeah, it definitely works. Because you just show a guy who, he's got to give up some product that he really likes. Mm-hmm. And it's hurting inside because he loves that product. Yeah, they put a lot of movies too. He loves those Q-tips. A lot of like Adam Sandler type romantic comedy. I feel like it's been one or two. Has it? Oh, yeah, at least one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, good, good, good for commercials. Like the swirling guitar. The yeah, I think it's a good song. 
I just I wonder if they do took you? it too far. I do. I do think it's a good song. I just wonder if it's <laughs> your problem. Guys. Because because embrace I, the cheese. I can it's not that I can com- compare it to like the Everly Brothers version, and that, well, that's not a cheesy version. I can tell at least it's a good song. I just think Nazareth may have gone a, like been reaching a little too high. I've heard the Rolly uh, Orbison version too. Isn't that a bit of a hit? Maybe. It was maybe. At least a single. Probably. It's like the most popular song of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone does it. Gotta do it, man. <laughs> well, yeah. I believe it had two versions. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> one with homos and one that was slower. <laughs> one that was like blues rock. No, of course it's in Days and Confused, too. One, I mean, it's hard to remember one was song it? from that movie. Yeah, it's so like 8,000 songs in it, but I remember it was. It's like at the part... Like the younger junior high kids, like for, like making out at a party or something, something or Ew. that portion of the movie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm not a hundred percent sure. It's not the part where they're slow dancing at like the school dance. What? That's like. Is that the? Part? It's like the same location. Okay. Like that's probably where it is, but like, it's it's all I know is it has to do with like the junior high kids. Yeah, so it's kind of lame. <laughs> you guys know that. One way that's it. that's the vibe I get from that scene. It's like. Um, Dude, guys, this is lame. We're, we're oh yeah, they were. They were like, "Let's leave." We're dancing and listening to Nazareth. Let's get out of here. You gonna say that? You guys know that Eminem's commercial where they take off their shells. It's like, "I'm sexy and I know it." You know that's a real song by LMFAO. Yes. Yeah. I did not know you that was know a real it? song. I thought that was a fake song. <laughs> that song's huge. Where? The world in dumb people's <laughs> brains. You guys hear people's brain music? <laughs> wiggle, 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 wiggle. <laughs> that song's huge, Ed. Anyway, that's all the commercial song research I was able to do while you guys were talking about this shitty song. So, uh. God, I wish we had Nancy on this. He would have been so much more fun than you're being right now. <laughs> you're like the guy, those two guys on the Muppet Show that sit up in the balcony. <laughs> I just make fun of everything. You're <laughs> bringing us down, Sean. These songs are bringing me down. I don't get it. I feel like there's... You gotta embrace cheesy songs. They're fun, you know? I mean, this is... You're the guy that said you genuinely like Africa by Toto. It's the same kind of thing. It's just, just more guitar solos. Not enough, like, marimba. <laughs> <laughs> just never uh, happy hearing any of these songs. Maybe you'll be a little happier by this next song. Love is only feeling the darkness. I know you uh, were leaning towards another darkness song, but like, this is my favorite darkness. You're right, I'm cured! I love these songs now. <laughs> but you like the darkness, at least. Yeah. Yeah. For real. This song's like not that cheesy. Either. 
It definitely seems like they're doing like an homage to the well, They're playing on a freaking mountain. Is like an homage. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and they rock it. This, this is the solos are sweet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how memorable it is. It's probably not like. I mean, it's already been ten like years or however long, two thousand three or whatever that album came out, and I'm pretty sure the song is forgotten. Yeah, I don't know that it was even that big of a hit back then. I don't think it was. But it stuck with me for some reason. I guess just because I like that they're always bringing it. Whatever that is. Mountain. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> on a mountain, you say. <laughs> That's always sweet. If you're on a mountain, things get epic. Things get epic. Like that Dawkins song where they performed on a volcano, but they had to leave because the volcano was erupting. Their rock unleashed the volcano. <laughs> Pretty sure that was a hundred greatest, yeah, like was. most metal moments. They're talking about how like the guitar lead guitarist like boots started to melt. <laughs> <laughs> but like the fact they put it on there because like oh yeah he like basically caused volcano because it's rocking. <laughs> is that is that a good thing or a bad thing to cause a volcano? It's a good thing to like bring because like rock's all about rebellion, destruction, anarchy. So you can make the world. But if you think about it, volcanoes, like a mountain throwing up. <laughs> Bro, it's really like the music made the mountain so sick it threw up all well, over the place. Well, rock music's also about excess. So it's like vomiting it's like ties music. in. Alright. Yeah. Vomitous lava. Purging. <laughs> purging. Purging your emotions. Yeah, but I mean, it's not going to make the list. It's just, it was, I just thought it would be nice to have like a band that was still sort of recent on this list yeah. not from like 25 years ago we managed to get a song from every decade except for this one <laughs> well all the decades are like power ballads yeah. I feel like 60s, power ballads can't really. came with the rise of FM radio yeah. and that was like a early 70s kind of thing late 60s maybe you could find like a late 60s power ballad but wouldn't be like wouldn't be like the real thing whatever the hell that means it's interesting <laughs> to hear a power ballad from a band Early on, and not a band like, that's dying off. I need to hit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although this next one, their first single, kind of a power ballad. I I'd say it is. Uh, More than a feeling by Boston. Now, I did listen to quite a bit of classic rock radio as a teenager, and I probably heard this song so many times. It, it even caused me to buy Boston's first album. I don't know. I've heard this song so many times at this point in my life. Maybe over at least 500, 600, somewhere on there. Yet, each time it comes on the radio, I'm still like, ah, oh, yeah. I don't know why. Something about this song. Wish you had that reaction every time it came up in rock band. I'd play it. I usually am up for it in rock band. What do you mean? You're probably thinking of John. Yeah. I'm just thinking of all the other Boston songs. That's the thing. I could do with that all the other Boston songs. (laughs) Could not care less at this point in my life. But this one, it stuck with me. Rock and roll band? Not the first one I'd go to. Right? (laughs) Or play live. What, I like the second song on that 
Oh, that's pretty good. Four play long time. Good. They're all pretty Decent. solid classic rock pop yeah. type things. But yeah, this one, an instant classic. It's an instant classic, as our friend Matt Carson said. It took 25 years to cook an instant classic yeah. in this world. Something, something like that. Despite the fact that it's <laughs> the biggest selling debut album of all time. Crazy. They needed they needed the decades for it to sink in. <laughs> Trash talking Matt behind his back. Yeah, I remember a time where I wasn't that into this song. I think it's because the guy's voice is too high. It's like da, 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 da. it's like no, it's too high. You can't go that high. Don't do it. No, I dig it. <laughs> but and the acoustic part. I mean, I I kind of warmed up to it over time. I mean, that's it's got to have that to be the power ballad, the yeah. the softer part, which totally does. Mm. But now I feel like I'm hearing it even more ever since I started listening to the Washington radio station, The Quake, 102.1. We play more Boston than anyone. <laughs> Probably heard, like, the whole Boston album by that station, like, four times. Did they just play songs <laughs> their first album? They only play it from the first... Oh, I wouldn't know any other Boston songs, but I don't know any <laughs> they... songs from other albums. They had one good song from their second album. I can't remember the... Did it have a spaceship on the cover? Oh, uh, yeah. I think they all have spaceships. I wonder if the Boston spaceship could beat the Electric Light Orchestra spaceship. Probably just crash into each other. <laughs> well, you see, the thing with the Electric Light like Orchestra spaceship is that it can take on different, like, shapes and sizes. Like, there's that, like, album from 1979 where it's, like, turned into, like, a magical box. Like, the ship can transform. So I feel like it's a little more advanced than the Boston spaceship. Well, the spaceship. Boston spaceship... Can shoot giant balls of fire out of the bottom of it, That's and true. it's got an entire city built into the top of it. Okay, so I'm thinking it's pretty huge. I don't know how big that yellow. It's pretty big, but I've never seen it shoot fireballs. So, Boston ship probably win. And plus, now I've discovered that there's like a whole army of Boston ships. If you look at the Boston album cover, there's there's two more behind there's, it. There's a whole fleet of Boston ships. Those are the Bostonians. <laughs> Wicked awesome, we're gonna blow the <laughs> shit out of you guys. <laughs> so a bunch of guys in backwards baseball caps. <laughs> Wicked awesome, Noma! <laughs> I don't know what era <laughs> this is. <laughs> uh, Anyways, uh, another band that had sweet spaceships on their album covers is uh, Journey with Open Arms. Now this, I guess it's not as famous of a song as Don't Stop Believing," which I couldn't quite define as a power ballad. It's got the elements, but it's more mid-tempo, I think, than ballad. Yeah, it's not slow enough. Yeah. This one's really tender and really intimate. It's so intimate. <laughs> uh, the thing about Journey is, when you listen to most of these other songs, you can tell the lead singer... He's not that genuine. He's just singing this song so he'll get laid by tons of chicks. But Steve Perry, there's there's just kind of a purity to his voice. You could say it's cheesy. I wouldn't disagree with you if you said he was a cheesy singer, but you believe it when he's singing. You're like, Steve Perry, he'll, he'll treat you right. He's genuinely the greatest like singer of all time. Right? 
I feel like that's a consensus. I think, I think so, yeah, yeah. People are all about him, and like now he's like a recluse or whatever. He hasn't recorded in like years. And, Has he? And they kicked him out of Journey a long time ago or something. Yeah. People like are hell want him to come back. Dude, people with were open arms. all about him. When I, I remember <laughs> when the San Francisco Giants won the World Series when I was living in San Francisco. I, I went to the parade for the World Series, and Steve Perry was on one of the floats, and he had he had Don't Stop Believing play in the background, and he was pumped. He's like, yeah! Like, he's a huge Giants fan. Well, do the people like that? People are all about <laughs> it. All about yeah, it? they're all about it. That's awesome. People gotta love Steve Perry. Yeah. And, of course, the Open Arms album. Sean, you reviewed this. On the blog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is also the Don't Stop Believing album. Yeah, that's why. I put what it. did you say about it? It's me. <laughs> so I talked about how it's like really, really. Cheap. I'm sure it's barely a paragraph. I feel like this is from the time where you just like. Mm. I, just, I just don't understand. There was one point where didn't you download all of the Journey albums? Yeah, I the entire see, discography. I want to see if there was a good one. There wasn't. <laughs> I just feel like you, you could have just downloaded maybe an album or two, check out which one's supposed to be the good, but you're just like, no, I'm getting deep into Journey It right was now. the heyday of music pirating. I couldn't help myself. You just had to. It was so easy. I feel like I just wanted to download Don't Stop Believing, and I ended up like finding a torrent or something. Just check it all. Have it all. Complete Journey. And I was like, all right, why not? I don't care about crime. I've changed, though. I'm a different man now. You thought Escape would be the first in a series of ongoing Journey reviews. <laughs> You're like, yeah, probably. I'll probably do some more. No, it, was, it was tough. I didn't, <laughs> My only favorite track was Don't Stop Leaving. <laughs> I usually put three for an album review, but just one. I feel like you summed it up pretty well in this first sentence. Journey is one of those bands that has a series of pretty good songs spread out in a large library of pretty bad songs. <laughs> you say Escape is probably not worth picking up. It's worth a shot, I guess. If you've heard of Journey. <laughs> you just have to hurt Glowing me. recommendation. Wow. But it's a classic. Yeah. Even someone who thinks it's probably not worth picking up admits that it's a classic. So I think this song will be considered. Well, no, because I didn't even put it as one of my favorite tracks off the album. Now, maybe times have changed. It's now an instant classic. It took that long. <laughs> Was not embraced with open arms, I guess we could say that. <laughs> Moving on! Sister Christian. Piano. Got some pretty tender piano too. Just like it starts out, and you're thinking, is this like this kind of cheesy, heartfelt coming of age story? And then the guitars and the drums come in. Yeah. And you're like, what kind of song is this? What's happening? You just start feeling it go through your body. And it comes. 
It's like the part where a guy on a motorcycle just like is in the sky, bursts through some clouds on his motorcycle. Yes, that's perfect. <laughs> What's your price for flight? <laughs> Flying motorcycle. Flying motorcycle. That's the and this song's sung by like the drummer. Right? Yeah, like thing. I wasn't. I watched the music video and I wasn't sure who the lead singer was. I was like, <laughs> all the guys in the front are singing backup vocals. I couldn't tell because they only cut to the drummer like a couple times. Yeah. I guess that's not cool for a hair metal band to have your drummer's lead singer. So they tried to hide it. I don't think <laughs> I know too anything else about Night Ranger. Apparently their guitarists are like amazing. Like <laughs> totally shred. Like when they're on the hearing aid uh-huh. metal thing. And they were in, uh, I don't know how many guys from Night Ranger, but one or two or whatever it was in like Dan Yankees, right? It's like Night Ranger and Sticks and Ted Nugent. Yeah. I'm sure they had a power ballad. I feel like they were nothing but like really crappy ballads. Yeah. I feel like Dan Yankees... Really let a lot of people down because they expect them to totally rock, but they're like totally like. <laughs> <laughs> they're called damn Yankees. Like, yeah, but they have all these like ballads and stuff. And Night Ranger Sister Christian wasn't that about someone like that the drummer like, was it about, actually about like the drummer's sister or I think something that's that they did? Yeah, it, it's misleading because you hear Sister Christian, you assume it's about like a nun or something. At least that's what I hear. I think this yeah. Christian's a man's name, of anything, right? Yeah, I guess. That's a confusing title, <laughs> Sister Christian. Well, I mean, as long as we're talking about confusing, Motorin, what's your price for flight in finding Mr. Right? What does that mean? What's your price for flight? What are you willing to do to find Mr. Right? <laughs> price for flight? Flight being life? Because love is a journey. So like how through the sky? <laughs> how expensive is it? The wire. Are you willing to buy? What I find confusing is that you're motoring, but then it's like flight. Like you never say like a plane is motoring, <laughs> do you? I'm motoring. I don't think you say a car is motoring. That's either. why I said earlier like motorcycle flying through the sky because like a motorcycle is motoring. I don't know, but it's like a flying motorcycle. Okay, it's about right. heavy metal. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, this is definitely, like, the payoff's totally worth it. The payoff's so good. Mm-hmm. It is so awesome. Motor. It took me a long time to, like, what are they saying? <laughs> Motoring. I was, like, the one part where it's all slowed down and there's just piano, but for some reason there's these, like, huge obnoxious drum fills <laughs> over it. They're just like... It's like, well, if it's the drummer's song, I know. It's like, come on, you got to sing it. You're kind of going a bit overboard, guy. You're it's like, this is my song, and then someone tries to do something else, so he tries to sabotage it. <laughs> no, fuck you, <laughs> man. <laughs> like, like, oh, yeah, check this shit out. Yeah. <laughs> it's the very egotistical drummer from Night Ranger. Oh, yeah. Some man had to have an egotistical drummer. Why not, Night Ranger? Just I'll try and get what we do price of flight, Mr. Wright. <laughs> the sky. Upwards. Towards the heavens. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Our next song, the immortal classic, Stairway to Heaven, Led Zeppelin.
Okay. So, God. This is like a pretty big deal. <laughs> Where do you begin? <laughs> well, let's begin with our band, right? The Defenestrators. Defenestrators. Colin was the bassist, I sang. Nancy's drums. Nick Payne, guitarist, double guitar. When we did Stairway. Oh, yeah. That was the sweetest thing ever. We did for a talent show. I was really opposed to doing it. I don't remember why. I was. I think I was probably intimidated, and I was just trying to come up with excuses. Because I was like, dude, this shit's like nine minutes long. I have to remember all these words. It's hella intimate. I don't know that I can be that intimate. You're definitely putting yourself out there when you sing Stairway to Heaven. Looking back, it's like sort of embarrassing, but I'm proud that we like did it. Like yeah. more than once, too. Looking like, back, I, I know I... I Basically, had the mentality like, why? No one wants to hear Stairway to Heaven. Everyone's heard Stairway. No one wants to hear Stairway to Heaven by fourteen-year-olds. Yeah, <laughs> but at that point, I don't know. Maybe we just weren't aware of the oversaturation of Stairway to Heaven. Yeah, it's weird when there's that point where I, yeah, I was like thirteen or fourteen or, or whatever, where I feel like Led Zeppelin, everything, it all feels so new. You know, it's like they're like a modern band in my mind right now. It's like you don't realize that people that are like in their twenties or older or whatever, like God, this is so lame. Like I'm so sick of this shit. <laughs> but I look back at it fondly, and I think it is a good song. It's just so oversaturated, it's friggin' everywhere. You know, this is a joke in Wayne's world about how you can't play Stairway in the guitar store. Yeah. But if you can like look away from all that, like I think it's it's good. It's definitely like kind of cheesy because it's. Got a kind of fantasy feel to it. It's got the flute <laughs> things. I think it's like Mellotron flute. I don't think it's a real... F- I don't know, actually. I'd assume it's Mellotron. Like, John Paul Jones. Like, so it always was live. Yeah. We, did, we had the keyboard. Nancy's totally playing the yeah, keyboard. Yeah, he did. Sometimes he misses drums. He's drum cue because of it. But it was worth it to have the flute keyboards. <laughs> and it's got the rockin' part. The rockin' part of this song oh, is awesome. So it takes a long time to get there. Yeah. It's like six minutes to get back. <laughs> How long? Is it? It's like eight, eight, nine minutes. Yeah. That's like the acceptable. Or maybe that's, that's unacceptable. unacceptable. <laughs> that's unacceptable. It's longer than Hey Jude. It's a bit much. Maybe okay. this song could be shorter, but. What? It's yeah, It's the one song that gets away with it because it's like the greatest song in rock and roll. It's definitely one of the best, like, riffs. Or just progressions. So pleasant. Yeah. It's cool. Do you ever see the scene from Almost Famous where they listen to uh, the song in its entirety? I did. Uh, at first, I was like, this is ridiculous. To have like a nine-minute scene where they're just listening to it. But by the end of that scene, I was like, yeah, I kind of like that. <laughs> see, the thing is, uh, they never got the rights to the song. So it's, it's just like a DVD special feature. And you're just supposed to like actually just play the song on your CD player while you watch the scene. Give you the minute. But I just found it on YouTube, and I did not do that. And it's the most awkward scene ever. I can't. I have a whole newfound respect for actors having to like sit there and pretend to be listening to Stairway to Heaven, and like one of the kids is like fake drumming. Well, no, no, they were hearing it. It just you. They don't put the audio up on the video. You you're supposed to you know play your own. But I I listened to it and watched it, and like the guys are doing the right fills. And it was right, so I assume they were listening to it. They just can't release that video on the internet or they'll get sued. So I think they were listening to it. It is still kind of like awkward, though, to like actors to sit in a living room for nine minutes. Francis McDormand, not impressed. Yeah, but I kind of like that scene. You know, they're trying to, just trying to show his mom, like, dude, this is important. This means something. I watched that movie again. I fucking love that movie. Yeah. (laughs) 
was maybe one of my favorite lines in a movie just because it rings so true where, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman's doing the thing where he's talking to the kid, you know, talking about how they're both uncool. Mm -hmm. Those guys make him feel uncool. He says, the only currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with another person when you're uncool. I'm like, yeah, that is my whole life. We're so generous with this podcast. Yeah, it's like what well, this podcast is built on. We should be rich. <laughs> we share all this stuff because we're uncool. What was the band of that movie? Stillwater? No, that's a real band. What were they? Something water. I think it's Stillwater. It was Stillwater. So there, there just happens to be an actual band called Stillwater. But they were, yeah, they were also called Stillwater. I all remember Fever Dog. Yeah. That's one of the things. I mean, I like that movie too, but one of the things that disappoints me is that Stillwater kind of sucks. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, I feel like that's kind of a thing, though. They mention that these guys aren't really the real deal. I guess that's that's interesting. That's a good way to, to go with it. But yeah, I the stairway scene, kind of like it. The song, I've heard it a million times, but I still have a soft spot for it. Performing it will definitely give me a soft spot for it. It's my favorite solo ever. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> good. Another song, fucking awesome solos. <laughs> Just fucking awesome. Then the sweet child of mine, Guns N' Roses. Wasn't the thing is like Flash originally like. Thought this like the guitar part was too stupid. It's yeah, like too circusy. He's just like dicking around on the guitar. It's like, look at this dumb rhythm. Like, I think Axel was like, no, man, there's something there. There's something there. I got a funny feeling. <laughs> I got this sound. <laughs> and they just and they went with it. Yeah, it, it ends up being another one of the most iconic guitar riffs ever. I'm a little concerned that this falls out of the category of like the verse, I guess, corny enough. Like, it's too good. Like the three bod, it's the true. argument. Yeah, it, it, like it is almost. It's not cheesy good. enough to yeah. be a power ballad. Like it's it it it's, um, it's hella emotional. Oh. Emotional. It's tender. It's a love song. It's def- they're definitely wearing their hearts on their sleeves as much as Guns N' Roses could at this point. They're just so raw. We feel like you gotta have it if you're talking about power ballads. How long is this? I feel like you guys should stop trying to take away all the songs I like. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the more likely it is I like a song, the less likely it'll be on this list. I was trying to remember if this was the Guns N' Roses song with the Where Do We Go? Where Do We Go? And then it goes into another sweet guitar. (laughs) I don't know, it's it's okay. I'm not crazy about the Where Do We Go? (laughs) I'm not about low Axl Rose. That's sweet. No. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah. I like it. I okay. like, you know, a lot of these songs, it takes a long time to get where you want it to go. It's, it's nice that the song, like, gets there relatively quickly and then, you know, chills out and goes somewhere it's else. It's still able to build up to something else, even yeah. if you know, it's not as good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I so, can imagine that part's kind of cool. Like, kind of I can imagine everything about Guns N' Roses Live is awesome. Maybe even is in there, the Buckethead era. Is there any recorded... <laughs> is there any, like, live taped performances of them in their prime? In the good era? Yeah. Probably. There's probably something. Because, yeah. 
Those guys are just, just out there, man. Force of nature. We've already talked about it, though. A balls to the wall they were. Totes. Totes. I'm just trying to find out if they did a live album. First, I have to cycle through like the thousands of members. I, I guess I meant more like a live VHS or something. <laughs> yeah, VHS. You <laughs> that go eventually red. got turned into a DVD. Yeah, it's some sort of performance. Uh, something called the Live Era '87 to '93. Probably got something in there. All right. <laughs> the era. Like that was it. Though. The era. '87 to '93. Well, it's not really worth going any further, is it? <laughs> What did they do after that? That spaghetti album? Yeah, I feel That actually is 93. It was like the lamest album cover. Yeah. It just looks like guts or worms or something. I'm Cause... guessing that era refers to the original lineup, basically. Is this like a serious album? Spaghetti Incident? <laughs> it's like covers and shit. Is it? Yeah. Is this one where they covered Charles Manson? <laughs> I know they did that once. Charles Manson was a singer-songwriter. Yeah, I know. I don't know if he did any power ballads, though, so it's probably a lot of topic. All right, let's get down to list-making time. We haven't cut any, but I feel like there's definitely some ones where we're like, this sucks. <laughs> well, I think we definitely got to cut Cinderella. Well, if we're cutting Cinderella, can we... I, I, let's cut Alone by Heart as well. Yeah, sorry, Sean. That song's not even, like, funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> at least, like... It's pretty serious. At least Cinderella's, like, bad but <laughs> funny. It's, like, hilarious. <laughs> We cut, uh, let's see. Aerosmith. Yeah, that song sucks. <laughs> and I think I kind of put on there because I know Dancing is a huge fan of that Seriously? song. Seriously? Yeah. He's all about it. He'll be pissed. I hate that song. It's not on the list. Okay. <laughs> Should have quit his job. Um, Forever by Kiss. Pretty wimpy. <laughs> It's kind of funny. It's though. kind of funny. Love is only a feeling. I feel like just the other ones have seniority yeah, over it, and it hasn't withstand over the time. That's good. You couldn't like yell it out at a concert and people know what yeah, you're talking about. Well, you wouldn't be able to sing as high as that guy either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're at what are we at? Like fourteen? Thirteen. Okay, closer, closer. Um, Ugh. I don't give a shit forever. You could take out forever. Alright. The rest of the good songs off? No, we could keep the good songs. I don't even. We could keep. I'm a cop to sing that I enjoy listening to these songs. Yeah. You don't have to be so guarded about your musical taste. It's okay to like things that are kind of cheesy. Never said anything. Something stupid if you think about it. Truth. <laughs> uh, that's a vibe I'm getting. Alright, any Apparently other songs? I really don't like Open Arms, though. For some reason. I don't really like Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Even yeah. though it's like one of the big, like, it's a big deal. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's fine. I hate Poison so much. I Basically, I just hate Brett Michaels so much. <laughs> I'm with you. He's, I'm he's right poisoned all of their music yeah. just for being him. So even though that's pretty, like, memorable. Honestly, like, when I heard that he was almost dying and had cancer, I was like, eh. 
Sounds about yeah, maybe well, that's well, true. whatever. That's so awful. It's that is the worst thing. To I probably say, feel the same way. But I was oh like, would I miss him? I don't know. Well, I guess, I guess I'm just kind of pissed off that he's still kind of successful. Like, he shouldn't be. Yeah. He shouldn't be successful at all. He's, like, selling out the Emerald Queen Casino. Yeah. Just his solo shit. He should not be even be getting that. Or he should be playing there, but not selling it out. How did you guys end up so invested in his life? I just feel like he was everywhere, and I got annoyed by it. Like, he's in commercials, he's on The Apprentice, he had... So many different dating shows. It seems like the sleaziest premise for a show is let's use my fame to have a bunch of sleazy chicks talk about how awesome I am. I'm gonna bang like twenty chicks. <laughs> yeah, let's let's make a show with the sole purpose of getting me laid. And then I'm gonna, gonna pick one I kinda like, but not really. Look at other season I'm bang another twenty chicks. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna like you to go out with you for like a month. It sucks because that's like what VH1 is now. Like Brett Michaels banging 20 chicks. <laughs> that's that's music. That's rock and roll. That I guess it is, unfortunately, the dark side of rock and roll. But yeah, I don't think, I don't really like Poison that much. Um, I mean, I'm not that crazy about Meatloaf, that, that particular Meatloaf song, just because it's 12 minutes long. You like it? Of course I do. Because I dig it. Too. I feel like that song. So it's epic. like way too cheesy. Like I don't. All I of this is cheesy. Yeah, but I, uh, I just I don't even feel like it rocks that much. It's too theatrical. <laughs> like it rocks, man. It probably is like a sweet guitar solo. Mm-hmm. I just don't remember. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Um, probably do that love hurts. Just because it's not like power ballady enough, or I feel like it's not... pretty power ballady. Okay. It just yeah. doesn't do that much for me. All right, all right. Maybe because I've been here getting commercials my whole life. Just for the sake of progress, yeah, I could. Take it off. Okay. And that puts us at 10. Right? right. That does put us at 10. Can we take open arms off anyway? Uh, let's put open arms at 10 just because Sean's That's really fine. hating I it. Probably. I don't know. I can't even really remember how this song sounds. I just know I didn't put so on that da, post. Da, 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 da. It's the last song on that album. Did you make it through? I'm, I would not have written it if I didn't listen to every song. In the okay. Album. But well, that was like five years ago. So I'm not going to blame Sean. Yeah, I'm not remembering. I mean, I'm not. It's just like the last 11 songs we talked about. I very clearly remember. And Open Arms disappears from my mind. Okay. It's maybe not as well known as these other ones, but it's whatever. Oh, can we come sail way lower, too? <laughs> that verse is so stupid. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> argue with that you know, on that one I can uh, put it at 9 it should be above Sister Christian false no yeah <laughs> motorin 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 it doesn't take 2 minutes to get there it takes maybe 45 seconds yeah it's just right just the right mixture of sappiness and awesomeness I mean, I, I feel co- I feel compelled to sing at the chorus. I don't. I'm not going. Come sail away. Come sail away. Like no, I've changed the rate of the station by that, that point. Yeah. I don't even. I don't even remember the last time I heard "Come Sail Away" all the way through, like on the radio. I usually skip in the middle. Sister Christian, I would listen all the way through if it was on the radio. If I was listening to some sort of '80s station. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna put "Come Sail Away." 
Next, I would actually probably put, I'd probably put Molly Crew. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Oh, that shit's still on the list. Okay, <laughs> yeah. It could have even gotten lower for me. Uh, yeah, I like Come Sail Away more than this one, too. Ugh, Come Sail Away. Oh, God. That's one of the ones that was like, oh, shit, that's on the list? Damn it. <laughs> so, no, keep it where it is. All right. That's my open arms right now. Come sail away. I don't have. I do not have open arms for come sail away. Okay. So we've kind of dwindled over here. We've cut out most of the cheesy ones, but we got a few. Here I go again. Mm, yeah, I think I like here I go again more than meatloaf though. Still, I'm just fucking twelve minutes long. <laughs> Perfect. So you can eat. Sure, I've never made it through. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I could put Meatloaf here at number seven. It's still fair. The song high. is not cool. <laughs> it's interesting. Like at least here I go again was cool. Like at, in the eighties, I don't know that I would do anything for love was ever cool. So how do you guys feel in? in the discussion of Here I Go Again versus Sister Christian. I feel like they're kind of similar songs. I like Sister Christian better because I like going, Motorin! So I. I like the motorin. Yeah. And I feel like it doesn't take as long to get there. It doesn't have dumbass yeah, <laughs> See, that, for me, that's all it is, is it's just the slog through the shitty part to get to the good part. And so Here I Go Again is more satisfying for me because it's, it's more of a, you know, it's a trial. I gotta really commit to suffering through all the shitty parts of the song <laughs> to get my Here I Go Again. <laughs> Sister Christian, they probably give it to me for free. I don't even have to work for it. You gotta work a bit. I don't wanna work for well, it. I wanna work for it a little bit, but not that much. Not a minute and a half worth of cheesy synth crap. It makes it a lot easier having three people because it's just two against one. <laughs> Whoever wins. <laughs> When we've had four people yeah, this whole time, Sister Christian, these arguments better. can go on for hours. But nope, two gets one shot. Sorry, you can't do a thing about it. Sorry. This is maybe the least invested I've ever been on a list. Seriously, what? Come on, man. Where is the rock? Where is the rock? <laughs> if Poon had finished record, ever recorded that song, you can get It'd be a good engine. Okay. I would go with Freebird next. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think it's even close to Sweet Channel Mine. But Sweet Channel Mine is a lot more responsible than Freebird is. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) legally. Because Freebird, they stretched everything out. Everything. That's that's a good point. So you mean it's, it's less indulgent? Yeah. Okay, I get that. Responsible <laughs> does what it needs to do. Uh, although I guess it has gone down a little in my estimation, knowing the backstory now. They're just like, oh, fuck it, just like, just like dicking around, <laughs> just like wrote some lyrics like five minutes. I don't think that's what happened. It's just that riff was happened out of slash dicking around. I'm sure they tried pretty hard with this song. Good, it's maybe the. 
best Guns N' Roses song? Maybe. A lot of songs have come from Dick and Around. Yeah. American Woman came from Dick and Around. Good part of the bad part. <laughs> the main part. You, you mean, is the good part the acoustic part? <laughs> I feel like you're a pretty big fan of that part. <laughs> you're the only fan of that part. I mean, it's fine. No. I think it came from like a live jam like in Seattle. I've been there. Yeah. You weren't there at the time when they did it, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, dicking around isn't always a negative thing. Uh, yeah, this is a, this is tricky. This is last three. I mean, you got we, stairway. It's like such a classic. We could go the predictable route and put yeah. stairway number one. Honestly, I'd rather hear more than the feeling than that song. If you if I had the choice of hearing the two. And what about Sweet Child of Mine? I'd probably like it more than Stairway. Too. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you just put it in terms of what you'd rather listen to right this minute, and if Stairway is the third of that, why not just put it at three? Unless Sean, Sean. like I know it's such a, it's so weird to say that. <laughs> I don't know. I if you want to argue against that, I could I could be persuaded. Stairway to Heaven <laughs> could be in the conversation for the greatest rock and roll song of all time. I don't think more than a feeling or Sweet Child of Mine is in that conversation. At least not for me. I mean, I, I wouldn't put it up that high. Yeah, it's a great song. I think it's a good song, but I think it, it might be a little overrated. Hmm? Yeah. So, it's weird I mean, it's not in my conversation for greatest songs. I'm sure it's in someone's. And I'm not saying greatest song of all time. I'm saying greatest rock song. Yeah, I think for this one, because we're doing power ballads, I've been leaning towards what's more fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm not even sure I would think of any of these power ballads, to be honest, because my definition was different than the one we went with. Uh, lighter song. So for me, it's just what do I like more? It's Stairway by an entire story. By a, at by least. a stairway. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, we could just put it number one. It's the easy choice. It doesn't make us... But I feel like we go for the easy choice too often well, on this uh, podcast. I feel like you said you're always excited when you want when you hear more than a feeling. Mm-hmm. And I'm always excited when I hear more than a feeling. Yeah. And John's always excited, even though he hears it all the time. <laughs> Every other song on the quake. <laughs> There's something there. Okay. I guess what I'm getting at... Is Sweet Child of Mine should be number three. Like, I mean, it's weird. It's definitely when I listen to Zeppelin albums today, which I still do, like, I skip Stairway to Heaven just because I feel like, I know this. I skip it. I that seems skip. weird. I don't even know if I've listened to Led Zeppelin 4 all the way through just from having heard, you know, <laughs> Black Dog and Rock and Roll and When the Levee Breaks so many times. I just kind of listen to the other ones. I pick out, yeah, I could go for some Ford Sticks right now, some going to California. I mean, maybe it is better, but I've heard it so much that I've been worn down by it. Whereas I've heard Boston maybe even more because it's not nine minutes long, but I'm still kind of like, yeah, I'm still kind of down for it. Ugh. I think at this point we could go all sorts of ways. Mm-hmm. Should we put Sweet Child then at three just because of the way this has been going? Okay. Yeah, sure. Because it's been mostly between Boston and Led Zeppelin. The two greatest bands of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder how Nancy would feel about this. Because I know... Call him! When he... When, 
when we did our top 10 Zeppelin songs on the blog, Stairway to Heaven was number one. But I also know that more than a feeling, like myself, is a song that Nancy has a huge place in his heart for. I feel like I have this memory. I was at one of his birthday parties, and we we all sat around and watched Nancy play drums to more than a feeling. He's like, I just learned how to play the song on drums. It's so awesome. And I know he also played it with his other band, the Grease Buckets. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And he so... loves that Boston album too. So he, he clearly has some sort of a, a attachment. He has an attachment. Hey, hey. Okay, we got Nancy on the phone. Uh, we just need you real quick. Between, between Stairway to Heaven and More Than a Feeling, what is the best power ballad? All time. I don't really consider barely a power ballad. It's got the Again. slow part though. It's got and then you know it's kind of cheesy and then it builds up to the rocking part and people take out their lighters. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> power ballad aside, if you had to like pick one of those songs, it's the last song you'd ever hear and then you'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the point. Which song? It's, it's about what song you like better. We're not gonna change the whole list. Indeed. Just we're we're trying to come down to those two, and it's really difficult. Yeah. Yeah, one of, one's going to be one, and one's gonna, the other's going to be two. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going just off a better song, you could probably go Stairway. I'm probably going Stairway either way. Okay. It's a little too up-tempo for me to consider a ballad. We just think about the acoustic verses, though, you know. Doom, 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 doom. Yeah, and then kind of swing up, but like, doom. <laughs> you know, power ballads are all about dumb drum fills. It's like the whole point. All right. Well, I think we have a winner then. I think we do. I have a personal relationship with more than a feeling. I know. I just talked about it. It's more than a song. I'm excited to hear a story. Yeah, you you will hear it. I guess. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. There you have it. More than a feeling, two. Who wants to read it off? Me? Sean can read it off, right? Because he had so much fun doing this <laughs> list. It was my favorite list ever. Number ten. Oh, really? Open Arms by Journey. Number nine. Come Sail Away by Styx. Number eight, Home Sweet Home by Crew. Number seven, I Would Do Anything for Love by Me Number six, Here I Go Again by White Stake. Number five, Sister Christian by Night Ranger. Number four, Free Bird by Lionard Carnard. Number three, Sweet Child of Mine by Ben Roses. Number two, 
More Than a Feeling by Boston, and number one, Stairway to Heaven. How is that one? Controversial list indeed, Mark. Only two of us really had the power. But that's the way it is, and, you know, at the end of the day, we're just having a little bit of fun. Love you. Black presence that we've got. Um, that does not segue well. We have a website at mildlyplease.com uh, where you can read things like our list of our favorite Led Zeppelin songs from a while ago, or my review of that journey from even longer. Five years ago. <laughs> uh, speaking of five years, I guess the blog turned five this last week. So that's cool. Definitely do a look for that, so. Okay. Check it out. On iTunes and RSS feeds and Rain. It's all good. Whatever sounds are heard, we'll be there.